Every three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause the fan has been proud to support for over 24 years. And in the month of June, through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. Time for the Buck Blue Show here on the fan. Atlanta Sports Station, 680 and 93.7. Streaming at 680thefan.com. Get that fan mobile app brought to you by Beaver Toyota. And listen on the smart speaker. Sponsored by South Point Financial Services. 10 o'clock hour on the fan brought to you by the Hal Glob Group. Nerney here. Road Dog here. Derek Thomas here on this Tuesday morning. Hopefully your Tuesday morning off to a good start. And I am ready to go to work, Nernie. Fucks. Big. Take. Late last night in Los Angeles, there was a love fest going on. You may have seen some of this. Prior to game one of the series with the Dodgers, the Braves were busy loving on Freddie Freeman. Freeman was busy loving on the Atlanta Braves. There were hugs galore between Freddie and his former teammates, between Freddie and his former coaches and general manager, even Freddie and the Braves' media contingent. Freddie even teared up during an interview and got consoled by the female interviewee. Then the game started. And Freddie Freeman proceeded to slap his former organization in the face with a solo home run in the first inning. Freddie's new team went on to kick the Braves around during the game. Am I the only one that's uncomfortable with the way all this went down? Seriously. We loved on Freddie Freeman, and then he kicked us in the face with a hobnail boot. Did everyone forget Freddie Freeman walked, walked out the door here in Atlanta after a world championship and over a couple of measly million dollars? Tell you what, save the hugs and the tears from where I'm sitting. Man up and go whip his tail from now on. Last night, that was a total and complete embarrassment, what was going on prior to the game. And do you know the local media, I did not see one member of the local media ask the question, why did you allow your agent to deceive you during the negotiations? Why, Freddie, if you want to be with the Atlanta Braves and you're acting like you're, uh, the world is coming to an end, you're, you're hugging, you're crying, and you had a chance, if you wanted to be with the Atlanta Braves, you could have made it happen, and you didn't. You allowed this agent to make this ultimatum without your knowledge. Call me ultra competitive. Call me old school. You would be correct with both of those things. I like the older days when if you were going to do things like this prior to a game, you went down the hallway between the home locker room and the visitor locker room, and you did your hugging and crying there. 
not in front of the fan base and in front of the cameras where everybody can see. And Matt Olson, our new first baseman, who's off to a great start, should be feeling disrespected today because of all this going on. I mean, how do you think Matt Olson felt watching all this going down? Loving on Freddie, hugging on Freddie. There's Freddie and his wife and his family. Let's go over there and hug on Freddie prior to the Oh, we miss Freddie. Oh, my goodness, we wish Freddie was still here in Atlanta. What's Matt Olson thinking? He's thinking he's being disrespected is what he's thinking. I mean, I just wish uh, Acuna had been with the team last night. Maybe we would have had somebody rumbling out there with Freddie Freeman instead of loving on him. Buck, did you not see, though, uh, when, when Freddie's little one, just he saw Dansby and sprinted over, got a big hug from, from Dansby Swanson after hugging everybody in the Atlanta media. It was just a very, very sweet, tender moment, Buck. <laughs> Dansby, by the way, I think uh, before You know, night. I would think I, I'm probably coming off as being cold-hearted today. But you know what? Isn't the number one focus is beating your opponent? Isn't that what this is all about? You're playing a baseball game, and you're out to knock down the L.A. Dodgers. And we spent so much time loving on him. You know, I, I think I'm going to have to leave town and go somewhere where there's no TV when Freddie and the Dodgers come here to Atlanta. What are we going to do then? Are we going to roll out the red carpet, give him the key to the city, and are we going to hug on him and love on him and cry on him when he shows up here in Atlanta? My goodness, Greg. 404-231-1680, the phone number. You want to get in here. Not one member of the media asked him, if you wanted to be with the Braves, why didn't you take charge of the negotiations? They didn't ask him that. They did not. And, yeah, maybe we do have a little soft media somewhere uh, some maybe. around around this area. Um, but what would you expect him to say? At this point, I mean, do you think he's going to say, oh, man, you're right. But you have yeah. to ask the question. That's fair. You know, quit loving on him and hugging on him and ask the question that you need to ask. I was embarrassed last night watching all that go down. Let's hear from Freddie Freeman. Hey, let's love on Freeman a little bit more. <laughs> let's hear from Freeman talking about what type of emotions he had prior to the game last night. Emotions are running. Big time. I got to see a lot of people over there. I know I'm late. I'm sorry. But uh, I got to meet with Alex and talk to him. Um, you know, I've always got to see pretty much everyone. I, I kind of went into the clubhouse and saw all the guys. So um, it's been good. It, it has. You know, it's a lot of people that know me. It's it's emotional for me. So um, it's, I'm just happy to be able to see all the guys. And, you know, we won a championship together last year. So that, that's what we're all talking about over there. Yeah, we're hugging on each other, crying on each other, and oh, man, how are we going to get through this? And then you go out, and he slaps you in the face in the first at bat. Yeah, it didn't seem to affect Freddie on the field. I mean, my goodness, you know, it was, seemed like sort of a setup, right? It, we're going to we're gonna love on everybody, and then we're going to sucker him in, and then first pitch I see, I'm going to hit that sucker out of the stadium. And then he's not going to see any more strikes for the rest of the game. Yeah, take that, Atlanta Braves. It's, it was more than I could handle watching that go down last night. Uh, I, just, I just wonder, uh, you know, who's the leader on our team now? That's a great question. 
because I didn't see one last night. It doesn't make it so much worse knowing that, you know, if this was any other team, okay, you know, maybe you, you have the little ceremony pregame and the scrum with the media. But, I mean, these are our – I know they're not in the East, but these are our rivals now. I mean, we've met in the postseason, yeah. you know, a handful of times over the, uh, the last few years. And, and and I feel like, you know, this should be – I understand that Freddie's going to be the story for the first game, I guess. But today – it should be about, okay, now we're going up against the Dodgers. We need to kick a little ass today. I don't want to hear any more, oh, well, what's Freddie thinking today? Oh, wow, the emotions that Freddie must be. I don't really care. And like you said, maybe we're just a little bit colder, uh, you know, cold-hearted than the uh, the average fan out there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and I, I tell you, somebody in that Braves clubhouse should have stood up in that locker room prior when everybody showed up yesterday at Dodger Stadium and addressed the situation. And said, look, you want to go hug on Freeman? Walk down the hallway where the media can't see you and do your hugging and crying there. And when you hit the field, you got one thing in mind. And that's kicking his butt. 404-231-1680. And I'm going to be disappointed in our listeners out there if they don't call in and either set me straight or back me up on this one. Where was the leadership? And how do you think Matt Olson felt watching all this last night? He felt like he was disrespected. That's what he felt like. He's probably thinking, my gosh, it's a love fest going on here. Let's bring on Ronnie. He joins us on the Buck Blue Show. Ronnie, welcome to the show, buddy. Well, I agree with you about 98%. There's 2% of me that thinks, all right, you know, maybe, you know, Give him a little bit of a pass. He is Freddie, but 98% of me agrees with you. And I'll tell you what, it's a good thing Maddox wasn't on the mound because he might have buzzed Freddie on the first pitch. Oh, he would have drilled him. Yeah, he would have drilled him. Hit him right on the hip and then stared him down. But no, we... Oh, Freddie, it's going to be okay. Oh, Freddie, I know it's upsetting, but we're always going to love you. We love you here. And wait, and we got, you know, when you show up here in Atlanta, man, we're going to pick you up in a limo at the airport. And we, we're going to have, uh, you know, all these, uh, we're going to have everybody uh, loving on you. We're going to line up the fan base, and they can all take their turns telling you how wonderful you are. And uh, you won't have to ask one, you won't have to answer one tough question about why you didn't take charge of those negotiations if you really, truly wanted to be with the Atlanta Braves, why you didn't take charge? Because Chipper said it. And I believe it was on the uh, Chuck and Chernoff show. I believe is where it was, right here on the fan, is that the agent works for you. You tell the agent what you want done. Freddie's acting like he didn't know what was going on during the end of all that. What did you think of Snit and Kevin Seitzer going out there for Freddie's uh, Silver Slugger Award? Did you uh, take, any, yeah. take anything with well, that? Because Freddie asked them to go out there. Yeah. And, and are we going to do everything Freddie wants us to do? I don't know. And then when the game starts, he's going to slap us around. Is that the <laughs> way it's going to work? Hopefully not tonight. I mean, we'll where, are the, where, are the, where are the stone-cold competitors on this Atlanta Braves team? I mean, I think they have competitors, but... Well, we got no leader, obviously. Nobody stepped up and said anything. That was let's go out there and let's love on him and let's let, let him kick our butts is what happened last night. Uh, look, we got Tommy. Tommy joins us on the Fan Buck Baloo Show. Tommy, welcome to the show, buddy. What's going on? Good morning. I agree with I agree exactly what you're saying. Is the agent's fault 
and Freddie should have manned it up and said something to his agent, and he should have come to, I don't know why he couldn't have, but he should have come directly to the Braves himself and bypassed his agent because his agent's the one, and Chipper touched on it, but he didn't want to stay a whole lot. But uh, he should have been more direct to, to the Braves himself if his agent couldn't do his job. And if I was him, I'd get another agent. Well, yeah, I mean, he did. it's like they didn't even tell Freddie they offered the Braves this ultimatum, except one of these two offers, reportedly, or you're done with, with Freddie. And uh, Freddie, oh, well, I didn't know anything. I didn't. Nobody told me about what was going on with that. I wanted to be with the Braves. I ended up with the Dodgers. You know, like he's totally uh, caught off guard by the whole thing. Sissy joins us on the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan. Sissy, welcome to the show. Thank you. What she got today? Me? Yeah, we can hear well, you. Go ahead. I, I'll be real quick. Uh, not only we're talking about Olsen, how did he feel? Do the Dodgers even feel like Freddie wants to be there? Think about the other team. All he's talking, all Freddie's talking about is the Braves. All he's crying about is the Braves. And what happened to old school? There's no crying in baseball. Yeah, well, that's out the door. And so is loving on everybody before the game starts out on the field. You know, back in the day, they didn't allow that kind of stuff. You'd get, your butt would get fined. There'd be somebody on your team confront you about doing something like that. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. I mean, you want to love There's on no somebody. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> There's no doubt about it, man. There's no crying in baseball. I was, I was disappointed, and I was... Uh, you know, I was frustrated with it all last night watching it go down. Were you disappointed with their effort and approach on the field or just the extra stuff before and after the game? Well, look, I mean, when the game started, they did, you know, Freddie uh, slapped us in the face with a home run and then they jumped on Enoa, who was terrible. And mm -hmm. we'll talk about that part of it a little later in the show. Uh, we did fight back in the game, tried it, and mm -hmm. we did get back into the game. There was some fight with our team. I'm not saying that, but I just thought it was... It was too, uh, too mushy. Just a little over the top, yeah. yeah I mean, much. it was totally over the top is what it was to me. And do you think, Buck, that Snit was doing a solid for Freddie when he put Sean Newcomb in the game? Uh, he got the walk and then gave up the three-run double. Here you go, Again, Freddie. Yeah, here you go, Freddie. Here's Newcomb. Have some fun. Yeah, I'm not sure what to we'll, – we'll talk about that coming up here in a little bit. Matt Olson, I just couldn't help but thinking about him. And then I was wishing Acuna had been around. Last night, because, you know, he and Freeman, uh, the, uh, oil and water, uh, reportedly. So uh, I, I, I'm just going to sit here and believe that Acuna wouldn't have been up there loving on him in front of everybody last night. Maybe it's over with. Maybe it's not. When he comes back here to Atlanta, I just maybe not, not uh, go to the game or watch the game that night. Just avoid the pregame and maybe the first couple innings and then if tune this in. nonsense is going to continue. <laughs> and I was disappointed with our media, too, for not asking the question. It was their first opportunity to get in front of Freddie. Why not ask, why didn't you step in and take charge if you wanted truly to be with, remain with the Atlanta Braves? That was the only question I wanted to hear. They could save the crying and hugging for some other time, if you ask me. All right, coming up next, uh, we got a Deep South Spring football top five. Hope you're going to enjoy it. Plus, we'll talk about Freed and Mims, big stories out there, we'll hit it next. The Buck Baloo Show here on Atlanta Sports Station. The Fan, 680 and 93.7.
Every three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause the fan has been proud to support for over 24 years. And in the month of June through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. The cold and heartless Buck Baloo show here on The Fan. I didn't feel like hugging Freddie last night. Hey, coming up in the Bulldog Roundtable, Mike Griffith joins me from the AJCs all over the Bulldogs. We'll talk to Mike coming up at 35 after the hour. And I got so wrapped up in what was going on last night with Freddie Freeman I didn't even do the Buck Baloo Show headline, and that's brought to you by Grease Monkey. Oil changes and more. Work's done fast. It's done right. Visit GreaseMonkeyAuto.com for store locations and special offers. All right, the, uh, the Hawks, the Soft Hawks, run the floor in Miami tonight, game two. Is there any chance the Hawks can man up in game two? I believe so, if you're asking. Because they got pushed around in game one, and nobody stepped up. And I believe, as I said yesterday, Capella, I think, the only real tough dude on this Hawks team. 7.30 tip down in Miami. TNT has it for us. Can the Hawks not be soft and allow the Heat to push them around physically in the game tonight? That's what I'll be looking for. Cold and heartless Baloo. Asking for somebody to be tough. I mean, that might just be asking too much these days. All right, good news coming down for Georgia fans overnight. And I was a little stunned and surprised at the news that uh, Marius Mims, or is it Amarius Mims? I, I still can't figure that one out. So I'll just go with Mims. Uh, Mims has decided, you know what? He's not going to Florida State. He is not going to play for the Hurricanes. He's going to stay at Georgia. And this is huge for the Georgia football team. And you might be thinking, huge, what are you talking about, Baloo? He's not even a starter. I mean, they got Broderick Jones at left tackle. Warren McClendon over at right tackle. And this is where Baloo steps in and says, well, but there's no third swing tackle ready to play at a championship level right now at Georgia. So because of that, this is huge. For I'm going to call him a Marius Mims. I'm going to go with that. Mary, for a big dude that's 6'5", 345 pounds, uh, Mary just sounds a little feminine. I, am just, I allowed just, to say that anymore? Just big mims is what I go with. Yeah, and big mims. And did you see the way the Seminoles, did you see that little video when he showed up in Tallahassee at the Florida State football facility and that coach went out there and started hugging on him and loving on him and showing him that NIL deal they had signed up for him? And uh, Big Mims must have said, you know what, this looks, 
This doesn't look like where I want to be. I think I'm going to call up Kirby, and I'm going to say, Coach, I'm so sorry. Can you take me back? I did not know what I was doing. It didn't take long. When did he announce? Maybe maybe two weeks I mean, ago? Week like and a half he skipped ago? out yeah. on G-Day, and, you know, it, it took about three days to figure out, you know what, I was in a pretty good place. I like Athens. That's yeah, pretty cool. Uh, Georgia's not such a bad place after all. I think I want to stick around. Yeah, this is huge for Georgia because look, they don't have they didn't have a third tackle ready to play. I saw on G Day they had a freshman Ernest Green was starting at left tackle. And look, Ernest Green may be a tremendous player down the road. He's not ready to go right now and help you win SEC football games. Uh right tackle, I believe it was Austin uh, Blosky, I believe his name is. And he's a redshirt sophomore, so he's entering his third year on campus. He might be more ready to play, but and you know, I don't believe he's ready to beat Alabama which essentially is what you have to do. And also, I don't believe Stacy Searles, a new offensive line coach, has figured out who's going to be the starters at offensive guard. So big Mims might Marius end up... Marius Mims. <laughs> Marius Mims. I had it right. No, it's Marius Mims. Close enough. But I think your point is, then that's what I was thinking, while you're not in the, quote, starting lineup right now in the spring, there's he's going to get some time. There's no doubt. Without Mim, big Mims, Amarius Mims, okay. Without big Mims. I, I, I left G-Day thinking, you know, the dogs are totally exposed at the offensive tackle position because if, if Broderick Jones or Warren McClendon went down with an injury, holy cow. I wouldn't even want to think about what's, what was going on then. With Mims in play, you've got that covered up. So instead of being exposed, this might be your top three players at one position on the entire team. And five, he's a five-star guy. These guys start. I start wherever I go. If I'm a five-star player, I expect to start and I expect to play. And that might, is a little bit of a culture shock for some guys. So just hopefully for big Mims' sake, patience will 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 pay off. Yeah, and I think Kirby was smart and to welcome him back. Take that oh, phone yeah. call. Come right back, son. Yes, I'm sir. sure there's some people out there surprised that uh, no. they, they thought maybe Kirby would have turned down the phone call when Big Mims called up and said he, wanna, he had, wanted to come on back home. Had nothing negative to say about Mr. Mims as he was prepared to leave and um, yeah. obviously welcome, welcome him back in with open arms. Yeah, and I tell you, Kirby handled it correctly, too. You don't say anything on the way out the door. You leave the door open. And if the kid changes his mind, you welcome him back. And then maybe uh, in your office behind closed doors, you have the tough, rugged conversation. But this is huge for Georgia to have big Mims back in the fold. Amarius Mims, I'm sorry. Amarius Mims. It's like Marcus Mariota, as I've always called him. Mariota? I think it's I always, Mariota. I always want to say Mariota. It's Mariota. Mariota. Okay. I, I go back and forth. Just anyway, let's get to our spring football deep south top five. Marcus Mariota. The best in college football and the NFL. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one. Four. It's time for Buck top five. Yeah, the top five, huh? This is the spring football version. 
Yes, yes. Spring spring practice, spring football, scrimmage a, a, a version edition of the top five. All right, let's roll. Let's start in Athens, Buck. Just had G-Day over I the weekend. I love Athens. Yeah. I, I, I I've enjoyed, always loved Athens. I've always Athens. liked Athens yeah. myself. Wouldn't mind going back out there. But uh, who was your most impressive uh, young player? Maybe your best young pup you saw at, on uh, Saturday. Well, there's a lot of them. There was a lot on there's, display. There's a lot of talent there. And i tell you, the kid that I got to see play in high school several times, uh, Oscar Delp, mm. really stood out. Nine targets in the game, seven catches. I look at him as a big receiver. I don't look at him as a tight end. And Oscar went out and played well. Very impressive. But I'm going to go with two guys on the defensive side of the ball. And maybe it's just because the defense needs all the help they can get in this transition from those big-time players they had on defense last season and then trying to follow that up next year with all those big-timers now moving on to the NFL. Jamon Dumas-Johnson, the young linebacker, heard a lot about him during the spring, stepping up and playing some really solid football in the inside linebacker spot. And in uh, the G-Day game, he had seven tackles. Seven tackles, which I believe maybe led the way in the G-Day game. And then also, one of the other guys I really was anxious to see was the kid from Jefferson, who they really, when they signed him, there was a lot of talk about what position is Malachi Starks going to play. I mean, he's a five-star talent, but what position is he going to play? Well, he's at safety. And he looked really, really good. And he had five tackles in the scrimmage. So I'm going to go Jamon Dumas-Johnson and Malachi Starks were the best young puppies I saw at G-Day. And thumbs up to Oscar Delp. He looked good, too. Some promising young talent already on campus out there. Boy, they were recruiting. And, uh, they? Yeah, like Oscar Dell's still supposed to be in high school. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, we'll move over. So is Malachi Star. From, well, my goodness. The, that's It's incredible. The uh, From G-Day, let's go to A-Day. Talking about Alabama. Who took over that show? Yeah, and that was uh, former Tech running back Jameer Gibbs impressed. Yeah. All those, well... The Alabama people that bothered to show up, remember it was Easter and uh, you had some rain falling, so that kept a lot of those Alabama fans at home. They're apparently. upset they lost the last game last but year. But I'll tell you, Gibbs, they missed out on a really good show. He got 10 touches. He took one to the house, 75-yard touchdown run. He was looking around saying, this is easy. There's nobody in the, the zip code here. I can just try run backwards to the end zone. Although he would never do that in front of Nick Saban. Ten cut, uh, touches, 84 yards. Jameer Gibbs has found a place where he's going to thrive, and these Alabama Crimson Tide fans are going to love him. Dark horse for your Heisman Trophy next year. Uh, we'll move down to Gainesville, just hopping around the SEC. Who's, oh, a little Gator talk. Who huh? stood out for the Gators in their sp uh, spring practice and uh, scrimmage? Well, look, there, there's going to be a major change on the offensive side of the ball for the Florida Gators. Yeah, Mullen wanted to throw that thing all over the lot. They might need that. All over the swamp. And Napier is the guy that wants to run it. And he brought a running back with him that was the Sun Belt Freshman of the Year last season for the Ragin' Cajuns, where Napier was the coach. Montrell Johnson. 13 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Napier is going to run it this coming season, and this guy is going to get the ball. Montrell Johnson. They That's lost the Pierce and Davis, who moved on, and now it looks like Montrell Johnson is going to be the man for the Florida Gators. 
All right. Well, speaking of running backs, we'll move over to LSU. What is this I heard about LSU uh, losing a big running back? Yeah, Corey Kiner is his name, and he gained about 400 yards as a freshman a year ago at LSU. Now, he's a former Mr. Ohio football, and he's decided he's transferring. He's going back home. You know, he signed with LSU without even visiting Baton Rouge. Can you imagine? I don't know if I'd want to go make plans to live somewhere if I'd never visited there. Yeah, COVID was going on, so that prevented him from going down. You remember the Bearcats last season during that run to the playoffs? They had Jerome Ford, the former Auburn running Mm -hmm. back that was lighting people up. Well, he's gone. They got to replace him. And so it looks like Corey Kiner will be the guy that will replace Ford with the Cincinnati Bearcats. Where does this leave LSU? Their spring game coming up on Saturday. And it leaves them with two seniors. One, John Emery, who's a senior. He's totally been an underachiever at LSU. Came in a five-star talent. Totally underachieved. And Noah Kane comes in, a transfer from Penn State, comes in. So they're going to rely on two seniors in LSU this year. All right, Buck, we'll finish up in Columbia. I don't even have to ask you who who was the star. We just have to know how did Spencer Rattler look in a Gamecock uniform? Uh, He stole the show reportedly, and I talked to my Gamecock insider. who was at the Garnet and Black game, uh, 8 for 10 in the first half, although he was sacked four times Mm. while he was in the game. I don't like that. I'm going to hold off on loving on Rattler until he shows me something during the regular season. At Oklahoma, he looked like a guy that, well, thought he was better than everybody else. And and talent-wise, he may have been. But that is not the way you want to project yourself as a quarterback. You want to project yourself as a team guy. He was projecting himself to be this individual, Mr. I'm the man kind of guy. And so I'm going to withhold loving on him until I see more in the regular season. Well, the SEC can humble you very quickly. So that's your top five. Top five on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's sports station. Yes, sir, Ray. So there you go. Deep South college football top five. Hey, let's get to the Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25-20, far side line, 15-10-5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union. How Glogwood, Georgia Pack and Load, AAA, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan. 680 and 93.7 FM. Joining us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line is AJC's Mike Griffith, who I bumped into Saturday at the G-Day game. And Mike, want to talk a little G-Day with you, man. How are things going? Going great, Buck. Thank you. It's good to see you. Yeah, nice to see you on Saturday. When you left, what were you impressed with? Well, you know, I was impressed with um, I was impressed with Eric Gilbert. I was impressed with Oscar Delp. That tight end room is ridiculous. I was impressed with Kenny McIntosh, Jalen Carter, uh, Dalen Everett, the new corner, Keely Ringo. Um, a lot of individuals, but I'll tell you, Buck. Upon uh, further review, in my hindsight, twenty twenty, 
I think my takeaway is just it's amazing how quickly this defense has gotten reloaded because it didn't matter who was under center for the first team offense. All those quarterbacks really struggled against a defense that's in a big time reload mode. Well, I tell you what, I was totally impressed with uh, Carson Beck and where he is right now. And look, I, I'm impressed with Stetson Bennett and the job he's done too. But I think they're in great shape at quarterback going into the season. If something does happen to Stetson, I'm a, I'm a total 100% believer in what Carson Beck's bringing to the table. And defensively, uh, Mike, I, I really like the starting 11 on defense. What I'm concerned about, though, is a quality depth situation. There's going to be casualties and Right now, that I think the most important thing for Kirby and his coaching staff during the summer camp leading into the season is to get these guys on defense that are backups, get these guys coached up quickly. Yeah, I would agree with you. You know, attrition's part of the game, and especially in the SEC. I mean, the good thing for Georgia, you know, they, they have what looks like a forgiving schedule. I mean, who knows what Spencer Rattler's going to do at South Carolina or how far along Hendon Hooker at Tennessee is going to be. Um, you know, everyone's talking down Florida, but you know, their quarterback's awful fast on the field and apparently off it too with a 105 mile an hour speeding ticket. But the point is you just don't know what you're <laughs> going to get. Buck. So I, I think you're right that this is a team that has to grow as the season progresses, but doggone, they looked awful sound. Uh, just don't, didn't see a lot of broken plays. Uh, people look lined up, right. And, uh, as I said, that was a takeaway and, uh, the, the Georgia tight ends were very good. Um, but I, I'm not sure how much this offense is really going to have to carry the team. I think we all thought they were going to have to do a ton more. I, I'm not so sure about that now. I'm a total believer, and I was talking about it yesterday, that Kirby needs to realize the best thing they can do in this 22 season is let the offense lead the way and totally let, uh, let Stetson Bennett, the mailman, sling that thing all over the yard. I look, and I look at the weapons, <laughs> Mike, and I see at least 10 playmakers that they can get the ball to in the passing game. Gilbert looked great. Looks like he'll be an impact guy. Ad Mitchell uh, has elevated his play. Dom Blaylock is back in the mix, can make some plays. Don't forget about Brock Bowers, obviously. Kiaris Jackson, mm -hmm. Arian Smith flashed. You got McConkey that can play. Uh, Milton and McIntosh, really good players to get the ball to. I just believe that the offense has to lead the way this season, and the best way to do that is to unleash the beast and try to score as many points as you can score. Well, it'll be interesting because one of the things Kirby talks about is decision-making and avoiding turnovers. And, um, you know, it, listen, there were 15 practices. I'm not going to jump to any conclusions, but that's a just it's just an area uh, you know, where we've seen that there's been some issues at times. And, and those are the things that you can't beat yourself. And, and one thing Georgia really does with Kirby, they really just don't beat themselves. They're, as I said, they're very sound defensively. Um, you know, you think about Jake Fromm. I think that was Kirby's perfect quarterback. I really do. I think he liked how consistent Jake was. The very low interception ratio, might even have the lowest interception ratio uh, of any Georgia quarterback in his good decision maker. Um, you know, you wish Jake could have run a little bit more, but not a lot of depth behind him really the, the, the final year. So I think that's what you're going to want to see is that consistency, that efficiency, and an offense that, as you said, can lead the way uh, when necessary. But I'm telling you, Buck, if they're up by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, you're going to see 12 or 13 run plays. Oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Play not to lose then, right? In the fourth quarter with the lead and a very good defense, I think that's what you're going to see. I think that's Kirby ball. Hey, what about uh, Amarius Mims deciding, you know what, 
that. Uh, the grass isn't greener on the other side. What do you think that conversation with Kirby was like when he called and said, you know what, Coach, I've made a mistake. I want to come on back. I think Kirby told him on the way out the door, you're welcome to come back. Look, this reminds me of the Justin Fields situation. Kirby brought Justin Fields with him down there to the Sugar Bowl. He wanted to keep – he said, look, I want Justin to stay. I don't want him to leave. And, and there was talk Justin might even come back at one point, uh, that, that he really wanted to come back to, to Georgia after getting up. So, I mean, I think we're going to see more of this, though, Buck. I think we're going to see players on a year-to-year contract basis, essentially, and they're going to be renegotiating. Now, the question I have, and I think it already happens a little bit, but can coaches cut guys loose? I mean, they kind of already discourage them. They don't play them a lot. They lose repetitions. That's kind of a the coach letting you know you may want to find somewhere else to play. So when you I see some guys go in the portal, it's not necessarily because they want to be there. It's because they've kind of been invited to leave, I think. Um, it, but that was certainly not the case with Mims. It is going to be interesting to see uh, what types of things motivate kids to come back. I don't know what the conversation was like if it was, you know, hey, yeah, you're going to continue to compete. I don't know were promises made. Was there NIL money involved? I don't know that. And and this is the new world we're in now with one-time transfer and NIL. Everything's a negotiation. Buck, think about this. The, the very next morning after the national title game, Stetson said, I'm playing next year, but I'm not sure where. Everything's a negotiation now. Yeah. I like that about Kirby uh, constantly recruiting and leaving that door open. Speaking of Kirby, Mike, when is this big shoe going to drop as far as his contract extension goes? The 10 years, $100 million extension, we're all waiting on this news to come down. When will it come down? I'm going to say like uh, 1 a.m. on Saturday of Memorial uh, Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, it's going to be like that, huh? Well, I mean, let's face it, you know, if, if some people would point fingers and say, you know, how can coaches, you know, be critical of kids choosing schools for money if they're making that amount of money. But but the reality for Georgia, for Alabama, um, you, when you look at the amount of money that's generated, when you look at the publicity that Georgia's national championship has, has gotten and the economic impact, you know, Kirby Smart at $10 million a year, it's, it's, not, it's not ridiculous. You're getting a 45-year-old coach in his prime. Uh, there's really no one else, you know, that, that you could really say could do the job Kirby could do at Georgia right now, you know, because Kirby is a, a former Georgia player. And, you know, there's something about it. You know, I, I think when you've got a, a player like that, I mean, my, my goodness, look at you and what you mean to the Atlanta media market as a former player. I think there's there's a certain um, addition that, that a former player can bring in a perspective that has a lot of great value. Mike, keep up the great work. We appreciate you and the job you do, and thanks for coming on the show today. All right. Thanks, Buck. I appreciate it. Mike Griffith, AJC, joined us on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker Line. We'll come back, wrap things up. Buck Belue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Every three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause the fan has been proud to support for over 24 years. And in the month of June through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money 
are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Yeah, I got a little long-winded on the Freddie Freeman topic today. I had to kick some of these other topics over to the curb. Chop it up with the Braves tonight. 10-10 start out in L.A. And we got the right guy going in game two in Max Freed. I believe Freed's tough is what he is. Ace of the staff. Need a shutdown performance after last night. Step up. Stare him down. Ice water in his veins. Be ruthless. And attack Freddie Freeman with your best stuff tonight, Max. We're counting on you. Shout out, uh, or heads up rather, Saturday I've got a book signing and coming at Universities Forever, 2080 Ronald Reagan Boulevard. I'll do a live show Saturday from 11 to 12, a book signing from 12 to 2. There'll be an appearance by the UGA Alumni Redcoat Band. Should be fun. Inside the Hedges, the quarterback's journey to the 1980 National Championship. You can order now at InsideTheHedges.com. For Road Dog and Derek Thomas and Sean Nerney, Blue saying, have a great rest of the day, everybody. Nick and Chris coming up next. Thank you, folks. Every three minutes, a person in the U.S. is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia, lymphoma, or myeloma, blood cancers that often require patients to endure difficult treatments that leave them feeling weak, cold, and isolated. Subaru of Gwinnett is here to help. Since 2016, Subaru has partnered with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, a cause the fan has been proud to support for over 24 years. And in the month of June through our Subaru Loves to Care initiative, we're continuing our partnership with LLS to give even more to patients and their families. Subaru, more than a car company. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. <sighs> or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at Camp Margaritaville Lanier Islands.com.